from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louis Butko. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Friday, July the 8th. We've made it to the end of the bye week finally. And here to discuss that right into it with our guest, making his debut as an analyst. Uh, we've had him on as a player before, but now as an analyst, Mike Daly. Uh, he's one half of Tiger Cats Game Day alongside Courtney Steven. He also hosts the Daily News on the Canadian Football Perspective. Uh, Mike, man, great to connect with you. And uh, the bye week, it's over. Take us into your playing shoes. If Friday of the bye week, what, what are you thinking? How are you feeling uh, about having to go back to work? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Louis. Nice to see you in this kind of world, too, now, you know, outside of the plan. But, um, yeah, in terms of the bye week, I mean, it's always good, especially the situation, you know, that they're in right now, right, where you kind of need that little reset. It's, the, you know, Coach O had always talked about, hey, let's get away from football for a little bit, right, reset everything. So, you know, whatever you did, whether guys go home and see their families, whether you get out play a couple rounds of golf with the guys, it's really nice that, you know, once you get through that bye week and you're on that way back, it's okay. Time to lock back in. We got another stretch, right? Because you look at it between the bye weeks, right? You got to focus for this other stretch. I'll get that my break on that next bye week, but we got to put some stuff together. And that's, I think, you know, when you look at the situation the Thai Cats are in right now, that's probably what everybody's thinking right now is okay. We got to get back to work. We got to turn this thing around right now. How challenging is it to turn your brain off from football though? Like it's your job. And when things aren't going well at your job, and I've mentioned this throughout the week, like for fans who are listening and you know, it's sometimes hard to leave work at work. Right. And especially when things aren't going well. So how hard is it to turn off your brain from football during a bye week Oh, it's close to impossible. <laughs> I, like, okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how anybody else does it, but it is close to impossible because it, and when you look at it in the job world, it is. Yeah, it is a job, but it's a, so personal, right? Because everything you do on the field is directly related to, to you as a football player, which is your job. So when you try to take a step back and, you know, you're trying to just relax. I mean, if guys want to play golf, they're talking about it the whole time. Yeah. So they're not been taking a break from it there, right? They're going home to the, like guys going home to their families. They're talking about it to their wives. Their wives are like, oh my gosh, it's been three days. And you've been still talking about these games. You just, you can't turn it off. It's, it's your world, right? And you love doing it. So you always talk about it when things are good, when things are bad, but yeah, it's close to impossible to turn your mind off. And if somebody can, I want to talk to them and I want to see how they do it because that, that would have been nice. <laughs> how, how did your perspective of the bye week change uh, maybe from earlier in your career to later? Was it more, did you feel like you had to be in the gym earlier on or did you like, how, as, how did it change from, you know, rookie to, to vet? Yeah. Early on was definitely like, okay, this is the time to get back into off season, working out, work out like as hard as you can get all the lifts you can get in, get all the runs you can get in. But realistically that, you know, as you go on, that just doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? It's such a long season that you're just beating your body up when it should be resting. So, you know, as I went along and, and, you know, maybe got a little more sore in the morning as you get a little (laughs) bit older, right. I would just, I would just keep maintaining. So I'd just be consistent all season long. So, you know, I'd be doing the three lifts a week, not heavy or anything like that, but I would just keep that going during bye week and say, okay, you know what? 
I'm going to still lift, do this kind of stuff. I'll take it easy on the running because it is a lot of running with practices and stuff like that. So take it easy, let my body recover. But I definitely toned it down as I went along. Cause as a, as a young guy, you're just like, Oh yeah, this is my time. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get faster. And it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how it went for me. And I'm sure most guys like that too. Yeah, no, it's been funny watching what guys have been up to, you know, on Instagram and social media and stuff. And you mentioned the golf and, uh, you know, Dane took uh, a lot of guys out just uh, north of Hamilton. Uh, I believe it was Monday. And you mentioned it. How how nice are those moments where, yeah, you're talking about football the entire time, but you're also making these memories. You're telling stories that don't involve football. How important are those moments away from the football field, away from team settings when it comes to building a group, a team, what an actual team is. That's, those are the biggest moments to build the team, right? Like you can do it in practices and in meetings and stuff like that, but only so much because everybody's listening to one voice or, or, you know, going for one goal or trying to do well at one drill. Um, As soon as you break off and start getting into those situations where whatever it might be golf, right. Sitting on a patio somewhere, going to somebody's house for some dinner, whatever it is, those are the moments that really build, you know, kind of that family atmosphere where it's like, okay, it's not just we're going to practice and Hey, good job on that one-on-one. You know what I mean? It's no, Hey, how are you doing? How's everything going? Let's hang out. Let's watch a game together. Let's, you know, have a couple beers, whatever it might be. That's what builds a team. That's what builds everybody getting close. So that now when something does go wrong or doesn't go the way you want it to, you just look over and you're like, well, I know these guys got my back because, you know, we're close. We know about each other. We, we hang out with each other. It's not just, oh, we only practice together and that's it. So now when it doesn't work out in a game or something, you know, doesn't go the right way, it's, well, why, why can't you do that? It's none of that. So I think those, those times, like the golf, the hanging out, those are yeah. the most important. And then I guess just to put it into perspective for fans, I mean, the locker room's a big place, right? There's a lot of guys there. There's a lot of guys in team settings. There's a lot of people, um, you know, and and just like at, at, at your job, and I bring this up as, you know, people who are listening, right? People who are listening who have jobs at home, there's, there's going to be coworkers that you maybe don't get along with 100%, uh, but you have to put those things aside when it comes to the greater good. And to that point, learning about these people that you're going to war with every single day away from the game seems like it's such a, an important factor now more than ever. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, I, I was talking to Sim a while ago on my podcast and he brought up this one point. So I asked him, I was like, Sim, why are you, why are you so competitive against everybody that's around, around the league? You know what I mean? Why does it seem like you truly don't like other people in the league? You're not doing the, you know, brother-in-law thing with her. Hey, how you doing? Good to see. He's like, because, and it, and it really resonated with me. He goes, because I'm going to look over at, at Cario Brooks. And I know if I don't go as hard as I can and get him a great cup and get him some extra checks and, and make him an all-star that it's going to affect his family. And you're like, Phew. you're like, okay, that makes sense. So then now you start to learn about these guys and you learn what makes them, you know, what makes them tick. And, and then, from that point on, it's now you're playing out there and you can kind of have that little bit more connection where you're like, I'm now doing it for this guy and I'm doing it for, you know, Brooks's son, Carter, and I'm doing it for his wife. And and that goes throughout the whole team, right? Dane, I'm doing it for him and Nikki. Like 
as soon as you get to know people like that, it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, now I'm going to, you know, not that you have to play harder as a pro, but you know, put that extra time in that little more. Okay. Let's get this done. You know what I mean? Teams 0-4, but um, they have, I think they've shown improvements every single game and certain aspects of, of, of what they're doing. It just seems like they're, they haven't put together that full 60 minute effort. And I realize that's kind of the understatement of the year here, but what have you seen through the team's first four games that, gives you reasons to be optimistic for the next 14 games and beyond. Well, yeah, it's not like they're losing by 50 every game. Right. And like, I mean, you watch these games and, you know, people are going to talk about turnovers and stuff like that. And uh, I, you know, I heard coach O say it, it's not just offense. That's the turnover ratio. It's the defense as well. It's the special teams, but they're not losing these games by a bunch. Right. And the turnovers that are happening are kind of like freakish type turnovers. It's not, you know, bad read, bad throw. There's going to be those throughout the season, especially when, when it's going the way it is. Right. It's a couple bad bounces off receivers hands. It's, you know, defense giving up some chunks when, when it shouldn't happen, not making a play on the ball, but that's, that's football. Right. So it's all these bad breaks that are all happening at once, but you look at the, the full product and, you know, I mean, the offense is clicking when they're in rhythm and they're rolling. The defense is doing well. They're starting to get some takeaways. The special teams is doing a fantastic job with Butler. I mean, all it is is a couple little tweaks here and there, a couple breaks not to happen. You know what I mean? A couple of those batted balls or tips to go into the ground instead of somebody's hands. And now you're winning these games. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't think there's really any panic from coach O and the group above, I don't think really, you know, everybody understands that this is just a stepping stone and this is a learning opportunity. And if you don't learn anything from it, then it's a loss, but we're learning, we're moving on and it's going to turn around. And, you know, I still do believe that the Cats are going to be first in the East at the end of this. The other nice thing too, is that the East isn't doing very well, right? Which kind of seems <laughs> yeah. to be the route that it's going. <laughs> one, one game back of first place at 0-4. Uh, how much are you aware of the standings? I mean, you got to know. Like, you know that you don't have a win, but you also know that the right, like the league is small. Like, you can pay, keep tabs on everything going on. Oh, yeah. uh, like, you know, how much of that is the motivation? That Like, boys, we're not out of this by any stretch. Come back. You win week six against Ottawa. You could be talking about first place in the East. <laughs> I know that's crazy. Right. I mean, inside, you know, you think about it a little bit, but only to the point, like, God, understand we turn this around and we can be first, we could get that by, we get to the goal we want to get to, but it is one game at a time, one play at a time. And that's kind of the mode that they're in right now is okay. How can we, you know, get two or three points back each game. Mm-hmm. Right. Because now that puts us in the wind column that puts us at a 500 team that puts us over 500, whatever it might be. We need to get those one or two things out of there. So it's just small little steps. Okay, let's get this a little bit better, a little more efficient, whatever it might be. But yeah, you definitely look at it and go, okay, we put some streaks together, get some wins going and you know, we'll be first and good thing the East isn't doing very well. <laughs> uh, you mentioned special teams and I think that's been one of the bright spots is what coach Butler has been able to do with that group. Uh, you have a, a unique perspective having played uh, special teams for this team last year, haven't been uh, you played with coach Butts. Uh, so what have you seen from him and that unit uh, to start the year that, uh, that has maybe surprised you? Nothing surprises me yeah. with what, but with what Butler did. I mean, 
I could have told you that he would have been a great special teams coach at DC when we were playing together, right? He's just one of those type of guys. Um, you can tell that he really cares about it. He's really focused on a very detail oriented type guy and understands the game to the point where, you know, he's going to put his guys in the best position. I think you're absolutely right. It's been a bright spot for sure. Like you look at, you look at um, like the return game, you look at the punting, the punting has improved, right? Even Don McGalla, he's been doing a good job, um, but they're covering like crazy. You know what I mean? They're not giving anybody breath. And then they're popping a couple big returns, keeping them in games. Because when you look at these tight games, the special teams has really, you know, kept them in these games as it's gone down. Right. And, you know, as long as they can keep doing that, which I do fully believe they do, they have a bunch of good special teams players in there, some good depth, right. We've always been really strong Canadian depth wise. And then the Americans that they have in there, like Kyle Wilson, who's doing an awesome job. Right. Um, the Grant McDonald was a big pickup for that special teams unit. And then Nick Cross has left off exactly where he was. I mean, he's making every tackle on the field, right. Which is awesome. Um, but I'm, I'm not surprised at all what Craig yeah. Butler's doing with that crew. I, I knew that was going to happen. All right. So day zero Sunday, what's the first thing that said, put us into the shoes of a player coming back from the bye week. Maybe you got a workout in, you know, maybe you, you stumbled into the facility on Saturday, saw some faces, but Sunday day zero guys are back. How do you go into a, a new week after a bye week where you are with this team right now? Yeah. Well, like I said, one step at a time, you got to get back in there. You can't start reeling, you know, you can't sit there and be like, Oh man, we got to do something way different because as soon as you start switching things up, then, you know, too many variables. So I think, you know, come in there, get focused, get out of the bye week You know what I mean? Okay. We're back to work one step at a time, one meeting at a time. What are we learning about today? Take an extra note. You know what I mean? Watch a little bit more film, uh, whatever it might be, but kind of keep it going and just understand, okay, time to get back to work because after the bye week, like you said, get home, get a, you know, get a couple rounds in. Um, time to focus back up and, and get going. So nothing special, just one step at a time, yeah, one step at a time. All right. Now put your uh, Ticats audio network analyst hat on. What would you be watching specifically for at practice this week? Yeah. So definitely getting back to the basics. I think, you know, up the communication for sure, especially on defense, um, make sure that everybody's comfortable with, with the game plan, whatever it might be, even if a game plan's in or not, just get back to the basics, right? What are we looking for? What are our aim points? Where are our eyes? Stuff like that. Like I said, one step at a time, but you really have to just sit back and up the communication on offense, make sure the timing's correct. And then, you know, just start working together, especially that O-line too, right? Up that communication on that side of it too. I think it's that one little bit more that you need to do at practice, but just stay energized, right? It's not a time. I don't want to see a practice. These, you know, it's not good for the guys to be down, right? You've been around enough practices that when energy is high and everyone's feeling good and having a good time, that leads to playing good games. That leads to wins, all that kind of stuff. Hey, if you if if you're not walking, if you're not running, you already know, as Coach O would say. <laughs> yeah. If you're not running, you already know. And uh, Coach O is always great at keeping the energy up. Uh, you uh, put out some uh, controversial takes on uh, Twitter yesterday. Uh, three on three, oh, yeah. which position group would win? I saw a certain MOP. 
<laughs> strongly gave his opinion, but uh, what was your response to the three on three positional group? Uh, what was the, what was the consensus? There's no consensus. That's, that's, <laughs> does that surprise you at all though? I mean, no. come on. Did you actually think there would be? So it's funny because this, this gets brought up every year. So I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll put this out there, see what goes on. Cause you know, I've had these talks with, especially, oh my gosh, last year I had this talk with Julian Hauser and, and Dylan Wynn and looking at them trying to talk about how D line are going to be the best basketball, but like they're trying to dribble the ball through the floor every time they get the ball. <laughs> so I, I've yet to see a D lineman be able to shoot a three. So I just don't see it. I really don't see how D line can come yeah. out here, but I will say they are the most passionate group at saying they're the best at basketball. <laughs> so whatever that means. And then the ultimate consensus, the ultimate consensus is yeah. linebackers are the worst. worst. People are putting old line. People are putting old line above <laughs> linebackers in terms of basketball skills. So make sure every linebacker you have on from here on out, ask them about yeah. their basketball skill to see if they're, they'll stand uh, up for themselves. I'll know my questions next week. Uh, to be <laughs> fair in house's defense. I mean, that guy is a freak athlete. He might be the most, fit person I've ever seen. And I know he was a big uh, baseball player in high school too. So, I mean, maybe Julian has a point there, uh, but I don't know if I could see Micah Johnson uh, slam right. dunk in there, putting up a three or, it's or five Teddy, on five. Teddy setting a screen and roll, but uh, who knows, man. Uh, anyway, uh, you got a brand new episode of the daily news coming out. You know, you just told me you just taped it. Uh, you got a very special guest mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, I'm I'm doing the Tie Cats audio rounds and Luke Tasker's coming on and it's awesome. Luke's one of those guys that um and, and you know, Luke's one of those guys you can sit there and just talk about football forever, right? And you know, him and I would always have these battles like just trying to out football each other. Who knows more about football? And you just start talking about football, <laughs> talking, talking, talking. So those are awesome conversations. And and Luke's a great guy, as everyone knows around the Tie Cats organization. The podcast is The Daily News. You can find it on uh, Canadian Football Perspective. You can also catch him every game day on Tiger Cats Game Day alongside Courtney Steven. It's Mike Daly. Uh, Daly, thanks for doing this, brother. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's always good to see you. Always great to connect with former Tie Cat Mike Daly, now a member of our team here on the Tie Cats Audio Network. And as mentioned, every week, every game day, you can catch him and Courtney Steven setting up the day's action. It's kind of the pre pregame show. I get set on Tiger Cats game day. Speaking of former Tiger Cats, we're going back in the Tiger Cats Audio Network Vault. Where earlier this summer we attended the Tiger Cats Alumni Golf Tournament, and all this week we've been catching up with some of the interviews that we haven't had time to get to yet. And uh, we're going to wrap up here with a friend of the show, Sandy Beveridge, who's got a great Tiger Cats memory that we're going to get to in just a second, but uh, is also a, a great member of the community who has decided to call Hamilton home. Uh, and we caught up with him at the Ticats Alumni Golf Tournament earlier this summer at Flamborough Hills. And as mentioned, starting with his favorite memory as a Hamilton Tiger Cat. Favorite memory? Uh, probably 2004, I think it was. We went out to BC, uh, home opener. Uh, well, their home opener, our first game of the season. We had a tough year in 2003. And uh, unfortunately, Rob got hurt. Hitchcock got hurt in the first uh, quarter of the game. I got to pick up a fumble recovery, took it 55 yards for a touchdown, and it was right around Father's Day, and I got to throw it into the front row to my dad. Uh, first time I, first and only time I scored a touchdown, and I said, Happy Father's Day, I throw it to him in the first row, and uh, 
the smile on his face and all my friends and family that were there was fantastic. Because you played at UBC, eh? I did play at UBC, yeah, and I'm from BC, so usually I had a pretty good crowd at BC Place when we went out there, and uh, yeah, just being able to do that in front of family and friends, and uh, my dad coached me from a young age, and I think it meant a lot to him to, to see me succeeding, and uh, yeah, it was just a great experience. What was it like playing behind Hitch? It was awesome. Uh, you know, like you, you watch fo Canadian football coming up, and you, you're walking into a position where you're like, okay, obviously I'm not going to start. Like Rob Hitchcock's an All Canadian; he's one of the best players in the league. But what can I learn from him? And then he he just welcomes you with open arms, and he's more than willing to teach you and bring you in and show you the ways, like not just on the field but off the field and in the locker room, and like kind of take you under his wing. is is fantastic. It was a great great experience. What did you get up to after your football career? So after football, uh, well, even during football, I started becoming a volunteer firefighter in Binbrook, which is where I moved to. And uh, I did that for a couple years. And then as I started getting on in my career, I was like, well, what am I going to do afterwards? And I realized that, you know, I really like being a volunteer firefighter. So I'm like, everyone told me it's going to take a long time to get hired. It's, it's a difficult profession to get into. So I started applying, not expecting to get hired. And uh, when I did get hired, I was like, oh, this is a really tough, 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 tough decision to make right now because I still wanted to honor my contract. I still wanted to play for the Ticats. But at the same token, I was like, I, I know there's life after football and no one likes it. Everyone wants to think they can play forever, but this, the truth is you can't. So at that point, I just realized it was probably in my best interest to move forward. Uh, a lot of UBC representation on this Ticats team. Three guys, uh, former Thunderbirds. What does that mean to you to see that? I, I love it. I watch all the time. I, uh, I'm always, if I can get in uh, Alamang's ear when he's scouting, I'll, I'll tell him, hey, how, how are the Thunderbirds looking? How are those boys looking? And, you know, he never shows his hand. He never lets me know what he's thinking. But uh, obviously it's a pretty strong program. As uh, you can see, you know, a lot of guys are getting drafted specifically to Hamilton a lot, which is great. And we got a great coach out there in Blake Nail. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of the legacy of uh, the UBC football team, and uh, they're doing fantastic here in Hamilton. You're, you're, one of the more, you're, you're one of the younger guys here. We can say that. You're one of the younger guys here. So what's that like for you to come into this room and really be surrounded by legends? It, it's fantastic. It's great. You know, like you get to learn the history of Hamilton Tiger Hat football from those that played it and lived it. And I think that's just a whole different dynamic. You know, you, you get around a good group of guys, guys that, you know, some of them have their names on the side of the stadium or up there, and you're just like, you get to shake their hand and you get to listen to their stories and get to, I mean, it's not too different from what we went through when we were playing, except for they just did it at like an exceptional level at their time. And it's just fantastic to hear, you know, where the program came from, where the Tiger Cats started, where, where they're going, and it's just, the legacy of the whole thing is fantastic. And, you know, we're trying to get some more younger guys out here uh, to continue that legacy. Uh, but, yeah, it's fantastic. Are you bringing home the trophy this year? In the golf tournament? The golf tournament. Oh, not, not a chance. <laughs> not only am I not bringing home the, the tournament trophy, I'm probably not bringing home very many golf balls either. <laughs> They're going to be gone. <laughs> awesome. And that is Sandy Beveridge as we caught up with him at the Ticats Alumni Golf tournament all right that'll do it for us today that'll do it for us this week thank you so much for sticking with us through the bye week we are back next week from practice you can catch us monday on a brand new episode of tie cats today 
Once again, thanks for tuning in all week. Really do appreciate it. You can like and subscribe so you never miss an episode of this show or any of the great shows on the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Louis Bico. Hoping you have a great weekend from all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network. Ticast Today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at ticats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at ticats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.